Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 189. And when we go. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more breaker. Rick Flair, Nature Boy, about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 189 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host with the most at Mako J Party. Welcome back. I'm joined by Hollywood. I'll get this right now. What did Darius Carter call you last week? Darius Carter didn't call me anything. Mark? I'm ignoring what Darius Carter said. Mark Swain. That's what you want to call from now on, right? No, I'm Mark, not Mark, Mark Swain. Oh, my God. Stop this nonsense right now. Everyone's here trying to gang up on me, and I don't appreciate it at all. But you're, you're giving me crap for... Introducing you wrong, and Derek Carter is a champion, so I figured he was able to do it right, so I just want to make sure I got it right. No, it's, you know who it is, the Hollywood assassin, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. Thank you. Welcome back. How was last week without me? Oh my God, I don't know what's worse. I, I Last week, I thought I was going to have a, a, a break, and uh, next thing you know, I have Darius Carter chiming in my ear, and now I have back with you. Here I am. He called me a schmuck. Yeah. But you did say you loved me at the end, so I appreciate that. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> My feelings are all over the place. I see that. I'm an actor. What do you want from me? Well, uh, how's everything going? How's, that, how's life? I haven't seen you in a while. Busy. That's a lie. During my vacation, we hung out for the first time. Like boys. Oh, we did. We did. There That's was, right. There was a screw up. I had some stuff uh, Green Man needed. He couldn't come to me to get it. That was last week? That's Thursday. So I had to drive up to Yonkers. Man, that feels like a month ago. <laughs> to hang out with you at the bar by your house for the first time. And we ended up talking about wrestling the whole time, mostly. <laughs> we, we should have just had a mic right uh, yeah, there. Until we saw that Browns play with Garrett. Dude, we almost, saw that live, man. Yeah, almost destroy Rudolph's head with that helmet. That was that was insane. Then Hot Chick started showing up out of nowhere. You Yo, know, that, it was, that was a good night. That blonde... That was a good night. You should have picked her up, man. I told you she only liked black guys. And what was she surrounded by? Surrounded by black guys. Mm. I can call them. You're not her type then, I guess. No, I'm not. I could tell. She was too skinny. I probably had more of a shot then. You did. You should have went for it. <laughs> well, I'm married. You weren't wearing your ring. Was I? I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> Sometimes I don't wear it. <laughs> I see how it is. No, it's not like that. Buffalo Wild Wings where you can wear it with that waitress? What are we talking about? What, dude, Jesus Christ, what are we talking about here? You just, I, winked, you just winked at me three times, so we're not talking about anything. Time to move on. I'm not doing anything. It's not my sure. fault girls like to talk to me. Wink, got it, boom. Uh, I saw Billy Joel. You said you were a little jealous. You haven't seen Billy Joel in concert before. I never have. It's a must. This is my second time seeing him. Definitely check it out. I heard he's amazing live. Things, I'm very impatient to get him tickets. You have to buy him like five, six months ahead of time. Right. It's like it's insane because he said he's going to keep on doing it at the Garden until it doesn't sell out anymore. Yeah. So hey, good luck, Billy Joel. You're going to die at the Garden. Pretty much. A ticket fell in my lap for free last minute. So boom. I, that's unreal to me, the fact that it dropped in your lap for free. Those tickets are insanely priced. So I had to buy him, I had to buy him dinner, of course. But um, 
Oh yeah, where where do you take him? Some some pub, Irish place. Just yeah, okay. So let me get this straight. He gets you Billy Joel tickets. Yeah, and you just take him to an Irish pub. You don't take him to a nice steakhouse. I didn't pick. The, he picked the place. Jesus, it's like uh, he's one of those Yelp guys that doesn't like to pick a place at random. Like, like check out Yelp, see what what reviews and what has best. Which place. Irish place did you go? Uh, Houndstooth. Well, I've never actually even heard of it. It's not actually that bad. I don't know if it's even Irish or not. I just it's like a pub. Cause a couple places were too crowded. This place was five minute wait, so we went there. Food, mm. food was amazing. Yeah, drinks were fantastic. We're in the city, a couple blocks away from MSG. Huh? Not too far. Away. So Midtown, I guess. Okay, but they're not paying us, so fuck them. Oh Jesus, putty! You know, we, you want to be nice to people here, especially uh, the you know the local businesses. No, you're right. I apologize. You're right. Houndstooth Midtown Manhattan. Check it out. Great turkey burger. I'm about the turkey burger lately. Me too, right? It's not yeah. that bad. Yeah, you know, I get... And it's actually dry. Okay. This yeah. one was nice so, and moist. Oh, okay. I have a problem when I get turkey burgers when I'm out and about. Because, yeah, usually they hear like, oh, you want to be healthy? So we're not going to do anything nice for it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like dry and just like plain Jane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's there, It's very rare when I go to a place and turkey burger like is like almost like a legit burger. Yes. Right, there's a diner by my house I order sometimes, and I put a, put a fried egg on top. On top of, of a turkey, turkey burger? burger. Now, now you're just wasting the point. And, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't care. And that combo, Might as well get a burger. And that combo, yeah, nice and moist. Mm. Now I'm hungry. What are we talking about here? Wrestling. We're talking about turkey burgers. We should be talking about <laughs> wrestling. You want to do, do that? I guess we should, right? Let's get into some news. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. All right, Mark, the big news story was actually NWA this week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. They made news for, like, the wrong reasons. <laughs> Once you make TMZ, you know you made it, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> David Lagana announced on Twitter that episode 7, titled... The Phoenix Rises was pulled from YouTube because one of their talent said something offensive on the broadcast. He tweeted, and I quote, on tonight's episode of NWA Power, airing on November 19th, 2019, one of our talents made a comment which some viewers found offensive. We deeply regret the error and apologize. We have temporarily taken the program down while we correct this error. He himself has reportedly taken the majority of the blame for this offensive line, according to Dave Meltzer. Lagana attributed this mistake due to exhaustion. Hmm. But NWA took the most offense to Jim Cornette refusing to apologize for what he said. Oh, wait. So, okay. I don't know the rest of it. Jim Cornette refused to apologize? I knew he was going to make remarks about it on his podcast. Which came out tonight, which we haven't listened to yet. Okay. We'll talk about it more next week, I guess. Meltzer also noted that other stuff said in poor taste was also edited from other episodes. So this this isn't a one-off. Yeah. I mean, it's Jim Cornette. Honestly, and I'll say this. I think it's like... No surprise to some people that know me. I've I've always enjoyed Jim Cornette's work before in the past. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was a great manager. I, his podcast it's definitely controversial. Okay, and well, controversy he, creates cash. He, it's, it's he makes interesting points. Sometimes I agree, sometimes I disagree. So do we, though. But yeah, <laughs> but this is just like you can't say that. Not today's day, especially. I mean, this, well, what this, did he say? I'm going to say it right now. You're going to say it? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I was debating whether to say it or not. Goodbye, all sponsorships, but go on. 
Oh, goodbye sponsorship because we don't have any. Jim Cornette said during Trevor Murdoch's match, who, who's a tough badass? Trevor Murdoch's a tough guy. He said, Trevor Murdoch knows how to survive. He's the only man I've ever known that can strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motorcycle across Ethiopia. Now, that was a big controversial line. And when I read that, like, I, I was like, what's so controversial about that? How, are so, you serious? Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish, please. Okay. Let, okay. Please, let me finish. So, like, what's so controversial about that? Ethiopia, they're hungry kids. I don't understand. And then I found myself saying it out loud. <laughs> I'm like, ah, okay. Now I can see why people find it offensive. Fried chicken, African kids, I guess. So, yeah, I get that. Now I got it. understand why people find it offensive. The culture has changed, though. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I know Jim Cornette in has said. In a bad way. His, he, I know he said this line before in the past. Has he? Um, he that's, I know he said something about that. He said it, it's not an old line. He said this before in the past. Uh, but you know what? Like the culture has changed quite a bit over the years. You know, it's not the same. Not to say back then it was necessarily right, but you know the way the culture was, it was very different. Uh, today, you know, it's it's a little bit more sensitive now than it has been. A little too sensitive. Some would say that, um, and you know, in some cases, I would agree with you. But this is definitely a big no-no. But he is a heel comedic commentator. This. Is it his wheelhouse? I, not for nothing. I, I'm going to bring this up, and you're probably going to cringe about this. You yourself got into some heat for BWF or a yeah. remark that you made. You know, Which it, I don't understand why. Because everyone gave me back. I'm like, well, he's just overreacting. Yes. The way how that person retaliated, uh, made it known, actually. So I apologize because it was kind of, I didn't think about it in, in that way. I'm like, oh, because I don't, this is my first time doing commentary, so I don't think about how people react to what i'm saying right there's a line there's yeah. a line that, you, that sometimes you can't cross yes you want to bring up pop culture references but like you, you also have to keep in mind that certain things are a little bit over the line that you can't bring up even as a heel i read a couple of uh comments on these on a di- couple different sites and you know the overwhelming majority were people who said i'm black i'm african-american and i found this hilarious okay they think it's sensitive white people who were reacting to this could be i mean i could be i understand but for him to i mean ultimately... there, there, no actual polls were taking about like yeah. h- how many people what, do you think he should have resigned over this yeah really he would have been fired i think he would have been fired he's I, supposed to he, make controversial comment he's a heel commentator but maybe back in the day probably that's okay back but, in the day but keep in mind yes, now I, there, yeah, now with right. wrestling i mean there's sponsorships to be considered there's it's business it's money business, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's all business especially nwa trying to compete with wwe aew i'm blanking out right now but there's so many different promotions going on in today's world that like you know you're trying to find your your, your niche you're trying to find your way to compete impact excuse me i, I forgot i knew i was forgetting one so yeah, NWA, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, to find their spot here. You know, they have Facebook Watch right now. They they're having more wrestlers uh, coming to show. They're getting good reviews. Yeah. You know, and obviously they have something going. And now you have Jim Cornette saying what he said. That's not a good look. Especially say, for example, say uh, say your KFC. I'm I'm sorry. That's the first thing I can think of right now. Poor taste, probably, but but see, KFC is looking at NWA uh, as a possible to possibly sponsor them. They hear this, like I'm not fucking touching that. Get out of here. Are you serious? That's it, it, it's something you got to think about. 
So that's why Jim Cornette, you know, I, I mean, I know he was NWA like through and through, but to resign though over this one, he had to resign. No, he had to do it. He was going to get fired. Absolutely, he's going to get fired. It's just I don't know. I think people are just too way too like some people have commented way too sensitive these days. What about Hulk Hogan's remarks? Why he was banned from wrestling for all this time? I mean, was that okay? Well, he dropped an offensive word. This is a, offensive a, too, a, though. A, no, he didn't say any offensive words. Come on, he said buddy. the N word in a negative connotation. He did, but this is he didn't say any negative slurs. This this is a sl- assholes like dumbasses like me. I just thought it was like a. A poor joke. Imagine if Cornette was still in WWE and he said this line. Imagine if that happened. He'd be crucified. Yeah, but it's a... Here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to get hate mail for this. My name is Mark Schwann. Hit me up on social media. fuck (laughs) you. There's a thing where I understand where, especially nowadays, people are very sensitive. But there's a thing about comedy where it you have to go to a certain line. But, you you know, back in the day, blackface was appropriate, but, you know... Now it's not. Now it's completely not. And I can understand why. Well, but he didn't really say any offensive slurs. He just had a stereotype about a certain culture. Which is not good. It's still insulting. But to the majority of people who I've read the comments are, they weren't offended by this. Majority? or I mean, I guess it only takes one, I guess. It could take a group. It just, just because it's one person doesn't mean it's going to be one person. A lot of people were offended by this. From the comments I read... It was very bad taste. And when, when I initially heard what happened, I saw Jim Cornette trending. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Mm-hmm. And I, I saw the video. I heard it. I was like, oh, my God. You can't see that. And I'm not black. I heard a very, very offensive, mean, cruel, hateful slurs about Irish people. And, like, if it's funny, it's funny. And that's maybe that's you, buddy. That is me. I, maybe I, you don't have a line. No, I, I grew up around comedy i grew up loving comedy and all comedy of all forms and if the joke's funny i'm okay with it but okay so that's this joke was kind of funny and he's a heel commentary he's supposed to make funny jokes but now people are like you said this culture is different it's very sensitive these days it's different and plus if he he made this comment in the 80s this would not be an issue but you know if he was doing it in some like lowbrow underground indie program he might get away with it but this is he wouldn't because i made a lowbrow comment and it wasn't even lowbrow and I got in trouble for it. Right. It's exactly. just the culture so, nowadays. The culture nowadays is so sensitive. But it's again, it's, it is sensitive, but that's the times that we live in right now. And we have yeah. to deal with it. We have to adapt. We have to change. We have this to guy evolve. Lost this guy unfortunately lost a job because of it. But unfortunately, I, this I, wasn't I, the first time he got in trouble with NWA. Apparently, there's been other shit going on as well. He's been seeing some things. and He made a comment about the uh, prog- uh, progress announcer to hang himself because he dressed like a slob. He got in trouble for that. He had to apologize for that. So I guess it's just a culmination of offensive things he's been saying. But Cornette is like the Joe Biden of wrestling. You know, he he just can't control his mouth. Yeah, he's going to win. <laughs> but also, I I still want to report that in, in addition, NWA also did not like how Cornette became so anti AEW on his official podcast. I don't doesn't do his podcast. Apparently, he's very anti AEW. Well, I I can imagine so. I, and then they're already trying to cross over with each other, so that was kind of a turnoff for them as well. So and I um, resigning. I haven't really had time to listen to Cornette's show as of late, but considering like I know his point of view and on wrestling today, I'm not surprised that he's against AEW because he's against like you know the the choreographed uh, wrestling type of deal, and there's a lot of that in AEW. He he hates like you know the high flying for no reason and the flips. 
All right. And I, you know, I kind of get that too. Like, you know, give me a fight. Give me, give me something that feels real. You know, if I see something too choreographed, it's it is a turnoff for me as well. Moving on. Speaking about AEW, took several weeks, but NXT finally beat AEW in viewership. Wednesday's NXT drew nine hundred and sixteen thousand, while AEW only drew eight hundred ninety three. Ooh, big difference. Not a big difference at all. Plus, it's an asterisk right there because that was a that was a super show for NXT having their main roster stars on there. My next point, thank you. It's like it was a go home show not only for war, uh, t- war games. Uh, it was a go home show for Survivor Series, and it, excellently done, by the way. Uh, I just watched it. While I was waiting for you. It was fantastic. Oh my god, great show, worth beating AEW because I, I mean I don't watch AEW. That, that you're you're taking away from my TV takedown. Right, Stop. So, so, well, <laughs> Actually, you know it, it, well, it kind of does tie in. It does tie into it. Um, but no, uh, it was very well done, man. This is the best NXT viewership they've received since the debut officially back in early October. Yeah. AEW still topped NXT in the 18 to 49 demographic. AEW ranked eight in the cable top 150. Well, NXT ranked 14. Now here's a new story that kind of rubbed me in the wrong way, which I didn't understand. AEW people commented on this. Oh, Jericho and Cody Rhodes? Jericho quoted on Twitter saying, remember guys, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Cody Rhodes said, and I quote, take it on the chin, learn from it, get up off the mat, get to work. Excuses are for assholes. It's one week. Don't lose your shit over it. Don't comment. It's just like, why do you need to comment? Well, Jericho, Jericho one week. and Cody Rhodes, I don't think they're flipping their shit on it. They're just but, responding to what fans are saying. They're obviously, a lot of fans are talking shit. It's just one. It was a super show, like you said. It was superstars from. Well, that that's pro- kind of what Jericho and well Jericho is saying, but Cody is. Yeah, but they were winning. It wasn't a marathon. It was a sprint. All of a sudden, it was, they were whip kicking our ass. But now they lost one week. Now it's a marathon. It's just, I just I don't feel the need for them to respond to this because I don't see what the point. It was one it was one week. You guys are gonna well, win keep that- in mind they are also uh, VPs, aren't they? I think Jericho is. Is he? I think Jericho is as well. I think everyone's a fucking VP of that company, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I just understand what I just understand the reasoning for commenting on this. It was one week. It was a, you guys. Well, they, they had, you guys re- had to know. You guys. They're were very transparent with their fans. They like to have fun with it. So I mean, Cody Rhodes. I I can imagine Cody Rhodes probably taking a little bit more to heart because, like, again, excuses are for assholes. He's probably looking at this like, no, they beat us. I don't care if it's Super it's Show or not. They show, beat yeah. us. We should have found a way. We knew this. We should have upped our game even more too. Not oh. to say what AEW did was wrong. I thought AEW had a good show, but did you watch it? I saw highlights oh. from what I saw. So here's I just thought of randomly. I'm gonna waste some time here. I apologize. I'm a big late night TV fan. Okay. David Letterman was beating Jay Leno in the ratings, right? Until he Jay Leno had Hugh Granthon after his hooker transvestite incident. <laughs> okay. Wow, you really bring up the past. People, it was a milestone in the late night wars. People tuned into that episode to hear what he had to say, and from that point on, the ratings turned to Jay Leno, and Jay Leno won the late night wars. From that point on, that was a turning point in the wars, and Dale Emmerich can never recover. Do you think now that fans are now focused on NXT because of this show? They'll stick because that product was fan- in ring work was fantastic. We'll get more into it on the TV takedown, but I think fans will now stay more. I am curious to see what happens after Survivor Series. I'm actually curious to see what happens at Survivor Series. Uh, granted, the show is going to be playing after Survivor Series, so we already know at this point. Yeah. But uh, do you think it depends is- how NXT is booked? Honestly, okay. that's fair enough. You know, if NXT is booked very strong, next week is the go as their fallout. Do you think NXT will beat AEW, the fallout? I guess it depends on how Survivor Series goes, it right? Depends how yeah, it goes. Sure. It depends how it goes. 
Cody Rhodes, speaking of AEW, filed various trademarks one drunken night, including old WCW events, Bash at the Beach. Which I love. I love Bash at the Beach. He also trademarked his father's ring name, Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. It leads to speculation for maybe a book or a movie or something like that going forward. Probably. Which I'm wondering now is going to be the Dusty Rhodes Classic. They can't call it that anymore. Mm. What they're going to call it going forward? Because Dusty Rhodes is a big part of NXT, so maybe just a Dusty Classic. I don't know. But however, Eric Bischoff offered his comments about AEW securing the rights to Bash on the Beach, saying, "And I quote: I have mixed emotions about it. I kind of understand it, but I also kind of think it's a bad choice. AEW needs to find their own vision. They need to become their own brand. They need to become their own identity. The more they go back and kind of." Try to recreate the success of WCW and align themselves with WCW success. I think they're missing the mark. End quote. Interesting. Interesting. Cody. Cody was obviously very tight with his dad. Yeah. Of you know. So obviously, I, I think a lot of this is for his dad to honor his dad. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at this like Star Wars: Force Awakens. A lot of nostalgia there. Cool movie. It was. It was a lot of hype. It met the hype, exceeded it in some cases. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nostalgic, some people say it was like the same thing as before, but it still felt fresh because it was newer characters, it was newer storyline, okay. story okay. but so, some of the still same old, same old. I think that's what's going on with AEW. But now these guys challenge. are just cashing in on the re- well established name of Bash at the Beach. Yeah, they I mean, have to spend as much. They could have called it anything they wanted. They could have called it anything they wanted. Now, but do you think like, you know, ca- do you think casual fans will tune in because it's called Bash of the Beach? Maybe, maybe is that what like, they're trying to go for here? Casual fans. I, I think it's just try to like maybe build on to another demographic as well. I don't necessarily know. We, I think it could be smart if done correctly. Because, like I said, I use that Star Wars example for a reason. You know, to mix the nostalgia with the new. And if AEW can do it right, then I think they'll have a hit. One knock I've heard on Twitter and Instagram and just online about AEW is they're not making homegrown talent. They're bringing in these well-established characters. They're, they're bringing in these local indie guys who are kind of established. They're not creating new superstars. I mean, who really did create new superstars? So, I mean, WCW and their their, uh, their power plant with Goldberg? Thank you. Nice transition. Cody Rhodes revealed on Twitter that AEW will have some younger talents training as students at what they're calling the One Fall Power Plant in Atlanta. Okay. Okay, well, there you go. There's, there's your answer. Cody Rhodes responded to a fan on Twitter who asked if AEW will have a training facility like the Power Plant. He said they will have students not under the AEW banner directly, but they plan on having multiple talents training at the Power Factory where he also trains himself. So that there goes that negative connotation about AEW, they do plan on training new superstars like the power plant. Because that was a big knock for that, right? Because I'm not a big AEW guy. So, <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah, so I focus on negative. <laughs> like, like, oh, that's, they make a good point here. But now they're shutting me up. Like, they do plan on training the next talent. I think, going back to our previous comments, our previous, actually, um, debates from before AEW launched their TV product, I, I'm seeing something here. I'm seeing something with AEW. They're showing a lot of promise. I think they're going to be around to stay. Yeah, I mean, I don't see AEW going anywhere anytime soon. No. No, and I think you thought they were going to be one and done. No, I never said that. I knew they were going to be around for a while because they had that niche audience of people who were anti-WWE. And so I, I don't... They, they got the, the right people in place. They got the right talent. They got the money, which is more important. Right. And they have the they have the TV. Um, which is huge, yeah. The TV deal. Which 
TV deal and money is something Impact doesn't have. Right. They're on the right path. Yeah, absolutely. They got the right. They got everything. Are they going to take down the machine of WWE? No. But they're going to. That was my problem, yeah. Are they going to make the WWE rethink some things, restructure a bit? Absolutely. absolutely. We're already seeing it. Such as Sin Cara announced on Twitter that he was asking for his release, which is one of many superstars recently who asked for release. They're not going to grant releases anymore. No, apparently they are. Apparently they are. <laughs> Thank you for finishing my sentence. But according to Wrestling Observer, they're only they're going to grant releases to superstars who they don't think will jump to AEW. I don't see Sin Cara jumping to AEW. Who? I mean, but I see Luke Harper jumping to AEW. I see Mike Bennett, Mike Canellas jumping to AEW. Yeah. So I can see hey, Sin Cara, bye-bye, go to Mexico. Because you, you can't be Sin Cara down there. We own the name Sin Cara. You're going to be... What the fuck his name is? Oh, what was Sin Cara before Sin Cara? I forgot. This Sin Cara was Unico, which is also a WWE-owned name. I don't know his uh, AAA names or anything like that. Nah, I'm blanking out. But yeah, I can see Sin Cara getting released. I don't see Luke Harper or Mike Bennett getting released, though. Or the Revival. Or the club. I think the Revival resigned. Yeah, they did, right? And the club resigned. It's hard to keep track with all these. uh... So hard to keep track. (laughs) A lot of people's contracts came up, man. Well, someone whose contract didn't come up yet got fired was current Ring of Honor's woman champion, Kelly Klein. She was released from Ring of Honor. So fucked up. Apparently, this comes after a turbulent week, several turbulent weeks of her being outspoken in support of Joey Mercury being released. Her husband, BJ Whitmer, confirmed the news on Twitter, saying, and I quote, Now the cat is out of the bag. Yes, my wife was fired from Ring of Honor. CEO Jeff Koff said via email, not a phone call, an email. She is much suffering from post-concussion syndrome and was fired while still injured. It's a big deal. I mean, it's being picked up by Newsweek and everything. Uh, the, the thing was, she's being fired because, well, while she's concussed, while she's injured. Yeah. Uh, she dis- she disclosed her, you know, obviously her, her gripe with the company about the lack of a concussion protocol. Oh, that was was. Okay. Yeah. Is that I, what Joey Mercury got fired or released? Uh, I forget exactly okay. what it was. I mean, it, it, a lot of people, like, stepped out, current ROH of um, employees and mm-hmm. former ones you know stood with kelly klein saying it yes roh doesn't necessarily have a concussion protocol system in place roh just there were um they made a comment saying yes we've had one in place since 2016 but it's not really doesn't seem really, really clear what it is you know united kingdom where it happened for kelly klein they had their own doctors in place but apparently it's when they're stateside they only have doctors when the state commission mandates them to have one I can see that, yeah. They don't necessarily have a concussion protocol like WWE or mm-hmm. AEW had. You know, Kelly Klein, unbeknownst to her, when she was concussed, you know, she still continued doing her thing. How do you, is, you started call, how do you fire your champion? Right? right. That's another thing, too. Oh, no, but ROH is saying they didn't fire her. They're just not renewing her contract. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wink, right? Right. You're firing her. Just be real. You're firing her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I hate talking bad about promotions, but this is this is Bush League, how they're handling it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not looking good as a company. First of all, she's out on injury. Mm-hmm. Strip her the title or make her drop the title. If you're not doing that, she's the champion. She's going to pull Medusa. Right? Right? So, I mean. And she's a phenomenal talent, Kelly Klein. I don't know if you've seen her work. I haven't seen it, but I heard that name before i haven't seen the work or who she is but i heard that name before she's got a great brand she's got a great look she's great in the ring 
Um, she's making a name for herself, and like I wouldn't be surprised. Like you know, like now that she's fired, hey, you're she's a champion. You know, ROH, they're gonna lose this girl to maybe AEW, to maybe NWA, to maybe WWE. Who knows? There's so much, so much wrestling out there right now. Yeah, I mean, so much impact. Even I keep it's weird. Impact. I think we talked about this at the bar last week. Mm-hmm. You you joined the show a little over a year ago. Yeah. And it was just WWE. Right. I think it was, it was around January when Impact joins that D-list, Z-list network. We kind of stopped watching Impact. Mm-hmm. So we just covered WWE here. Right. So now here we are less than 12 months. We got WWE, <laughs> NXT, AEW, NWA, Impact's now back. Right. Um, now ROH we're talking about. ROH is just like so much. Now it's gone from... One monopoly to now oversaturated. With Can so- I just say this about ROH? I'm sorry. Kelly Klein, ROH champion, right? Women's <laughs> champion. Do you know how much she makes? No. She makes 22000 for the year. Really? Yeah. Damn. Apparently, ROH is another reason why they let her go, because she asked for a raise for 24000 Does ROH allow their talent to go other companies? Not too sure about that. Right, well. Mark, have you been following the uh, impeachment proceedings? Yes. Very depressing. It's there's so much depressing stuff going on in our lives, in the world. Let's can we just end on some happy news? Okay. There's two positive news stories. Let's talk about it. Let's end on some high note. Okay. Tessa Blanchard got engaged. Yes. To Daga. She posted on Instagram my whole heart, my whole life. Question mark? We know we know Daga from his great outstanding work on the general ground. We're seeing now with impact. They have not established their relationship on impact yet. But congratulations to them. Yeah, big congrats to them. And of course, finally, WWE announced Chad Gable and his wife, Christy, welcomed their third child, their first son, Charles James Betts, weighing nine pounds. Both the mother and baby are doing great, so congratulations to them and the happy family. Absolutely. Well, my drink's done, Mark. Let's go downstairs, do a couple shots, and toast to them. Come back, talk about some TV takedown. You watch Absolutely. TV this week? Yeah, busy schedule. Did you- busy schedule. Do you watch anything this week? I have some stuff I want to talk about. Right, let's so, talk yeah. about it. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, Mark, big week of TV this week. Did uh, you watch anything? No, I don't watch wrestling. I'm no. fucking well, with you. Of course I watched it. Let's start with Raw. I think Samoa Joe did a great job on commentary. I said that on the show when he was part of the uh, expert panel during the draft. I'm not alone here because Dave Belter reports people are very high on him doing commentary. Right. Also, I found out they're very high on Jerry Lawler. Yeah, surprising. that he's doing a great job with Vic Joseph and le- leaning him and teaching him the way of commentary. Apparently, they're very low in Dio Madden. Paul Heyman's very high in him. I don't get why. He's not that bad. But he's got, he got I mean, a lot of, he's got a lot of like, stuff to do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, already Samoa Joe crushing it. But Samoa Joe is a natural talker. He, I thought he was fantastic, yeah. I think he's, he's actually he's underrated in the mic. And we've been seeing this for, like, for fucking ever. Yeah. Uh, he's... Just a fantastic talker, and uh, you know, the day we watched him on uh, backstage last week, and he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The day he decides to hang up the boots, I mean, he obviously has Insulin. a career yeah. for sure. Uh, whether he wants to be a producer or or a coach or commentary, I mean, the choice is his. I mean, the guy is a fantastic talent and a fantastic mind. Jerry Lawler, I mean, Jerry Lawler's been doing commentary for fucking ever. Yeah, but they thought he would just be temporary to just like be like a a, bri- a band-aid. I think Lawler wants to be temporary, though. I don't think Lawler no, wants I'll, to be here a long time. Want, but he, the way he's, I think, with Vic Joseph and Vic is like learning from him, 
Yeah. You might be around for a lot longer than I thought it would. Because <laughs> Lawler's like, fuck. <laughs> well, on Raw, we had Rollins versus Andrade and Owens versus McIntyre. And it was two fantastic matches. And you don't see that on Raw, rarely. I mean, I, I, Raw wasn't bad this week. The thing is, Paul Heyman's running Raw. You'd expect to see like, more uh, stellar matches, to see uh, better storylines. But apparently, you know, I, I haven't watched Raw consistently uh, as I normally would. My schedule is picked up like crazy. Mm-hmm. But from what I'm hearing, it's still same old, same old, huh? Keeping the timeline going, both on Raw and SmackDown. When they showed clips of CM Punk's return, you guys talked about it last week. When Renee Young introduced him, I watched that on backstage. Yeah. He came out to Cult of Personality. It was amazing. Did you notice? Yeah. When they aired the clip on Raw and SmackDown, they did not play Cult of Personality. It was some generic rock song. <laughs> so I guess Fox is paying for the rights to that song. Obviously. Obviously. It was just something I randomly picked up. Like, cause when I heard that's it, a good note. I, I'm I, like, I that's, not, that's not his theme song. <laughs> I went back to watch it. I'm like, that, they, they're playing his theme song. What the fuck? But just one of the random things I picked up. I got a uh, notification from Bleacher Report. CM Punk dropped a pipe bomb. I didn't see a pipe bomb. I thought it was very anticlimactic. He didn't really Wait, say or do anything that was really controversial. He didn't say on anything. On this episode of yeah. Backstage? Uh, well, mm, he had that thing at the end about Seth Rollins. but Yeah, he took he did kind of take a shot at Seth Rollins. He also did shit on the product on WWE a bit uh, with the, the what the Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns storyline there. Yeah, something, think, yeah. something, yeah. something you usually see WWE employees do on a WWE show, and kind of egged on Paige a little bit. Who came out and said, like, "Yeah, thumbs down." Yeah, but I thought I thought it would be bigger, more impactful, and uh, I just felt it was underwhelming. You know what? What do people want right now from CM Punk? What do they expect him to do? Do you going to blow his load? I want a pipe bomb. Listen, he did have a little bit of a pipe bomb moment. A little bit, but a little bit. What, what do people want for him to just, like, explode in WWE right now? Then I also heard, although it's a Fox show, Vince has some say in what people are saying. He does not want people doing controversial stuff. He does not want people talking about AEW or other promotions. Oh, that's a no-brainer. I'm sure Fox doesn't want that either. Why bring up uh, but I read, rivals? I read uh, an op-ed piece where UFC Tonight was it same concept of a show. They talked about people leaving the show. They talked about people... I'm sorry, the promotion. They talked about signings of the promotion. They talked about other promotions. That's UFC, though. Well, MMA is like a real sport. Yeah. So if they talk about people leaving or like Rusev's not signing or other people with trouble signing, I'm like, that's what the show was supposed to be about. If you guys water it down to a Vince McMahon WWE product, you guys are going to lose the show. It's well, supposed be, it's supposed to be independent of WWE. I don't necessarily know. I mean, like, CM Punk again. Do you think Vince McMahon approved CM Punk? Trash talking a segment, a creative idea, which Vince McMahon approved. You think he's going to allow that? I mean, how much, how much is Vince McMahon allowing here? Do you think Vince McMahon really wanted CM Punk to be on WWE know. backstage? I would imagine so for ratings. Cause apparently, ratings aren't doing that great, and that was answered right away. Well, because... it's unrealistic expectation yeah. for the ratings, <laughs> right there. They want what two hundred fifty thousand viewers. On an 11 o'clock show on a Wednesday. And now CM Punk's not going to be weekly. He's going to be like randomly. Right. Which is good. Absolutely great. You know, but when he does come on, let him be CM Punk. He is being CM Punk. Yeah, but let him continue. Don't water him down yet. He's not. I, I don't. I 
do not see how he's being watered down. I really don't know what wrestling fans are expecting here. I don't think he's as jaded as he was before. I think he's in no, a lot. Yeah. He's a much better place. And maybe that's what wrestling fans wanted to see. They want to see the jaded CM Punk. They want to see yeah. the pissed off CM Punk. But that was years ago. Yeah. You know, time has passed since then. He looks better than ever. And, like, you know, he's obviously mentally better than he was before. He finally he, he finally has his rest. You can tell he's having fun. He's having fun. You watch NXT? NXT was phenomenal, man. I mean, like, we, we talked about Even without Rick Recon? Even without Rick Recon. I'm sorry, my man. Yeah. Although he did steal the show. He stole the, the show, before. absolutely, yeah. But this week, they, they definitely brought up to a whole other level. And this talk is about, talking about it in the news. What a, what a great go home show! Right, right, That's right. And this is my. It was a two go home show for like War Games and Survivor Series. This is my TV takedown. Actually, what I want to talk about here, Rhea Ripley. I want to talk oh, about please any day of the week. Absolutely. I knew she was something special beforehand. You know, I, I knew she had this this, this je ne sais quoi about her, this mm-hmm. it factor I'm seeing. But oh my gosh, she really with her and Becky Lynch and NXT and then. Friday Night Smackdown with her, Charlotte, and Sasha Banks. I mean, this girl can fucking go. Dude, I can't speak enough about her, man. I'm so impressed. Every time I see her on TV, I'm just more and more impressed by her. Like, by her presence, her in-ring work. I just... And I still have to touch on this. 23 years old. Yeah. She's still so young. That means she has a lot of wrestling to learn still. And a lot to uh, more experience to take on. I I think she may exceed a lot of women that we're seeing right now if she keeps going this track. Yeah, she has it. She has the total package. I, I think we could see her. I mean, obviously, she's she's in that same category that the, the woman I mentioned, I mentioned, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair. I mean, she stood toe-to-toe with each one of them um, in the same week and stood out. Going Speaking of her at the time, it's just the way she won that match on SmackDown, sliding in under the bridge of the figure eight is something we have never seen before. Right. And that right. was fantastic. I, this woman is the future of the women's division right here. Uh, going back NXT real quick. Coming up on our year-end awards, we're a month and a half away. The Revival versus Undisputed Era. Well, definitely a contender for match of the year, right? Because not only was it a great match, you don't see main roster matches, tag team matches, get that time. No. They got a lot of time, and it was just like, this is why you love tag team wrestling, and only on NXT. It was fantastic. Well, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, like how there's like no interest in the main roster for tag team. None, yeah. Like, and there was, and they just dropped the ball with it. Yeah, yeah. there was like some hope when the Usos had the rivalry with yeah. New Day, until you have what we just saw on Wednesday night between yeah. Undisputed I mean, Era and the Revival. Obviously, Raw doesn't care about the tag team division. They don't. No, SmackDown no doesn't care about the tag team division. No. It's just... Uh, and it's, and that's one of the draws of AEW when they first came about. They were going to focus on tag team. Yeah. And I heard they're doing that. And, like, tag, teams, tag team is the lost art form in the WWE. And it is. But, you know, I see them bringing it back on NXT. Is fantastic. I think it's, uh, I think it's actually Vince McMahon. Um, I don't surprise, I'm not surprised. He's not that. a fan of tag team wrestling. Never has. He's not, he's not a fan of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But can I just say, I've been saying this for, like, years now. I'm sick and tired of these, like, these six-man matches, these eight-man matches. Like, let's just get some fucking, like, tag teams. Real fucking matches yeah. here. Like, real tag teams. Real, I love Dolph Ziggler. I love Robert Roode. And now they're in a joke tag team. I'm like, just give them a fucking chance to do something. Ugh. Yeah, no, I'm with you with that. And finally, going to SmackDown, it's a go-home show to Survivor Series. And The Fiend just does that? 
I saw Miz sitting in the turnbuckle. I'm like, watch the lights go out, and that's the Fiend. The lights went out, and he replaced with the Fiend. I'm like, the same thing he always does. This is the goal home. Shouldn't he do, like, maybe, I expected Bray Wyatt to be on the Firefly Funhouse. I, you said this before. You, it sounds like you want more of Bray Wyatt Funhouse. I want something more, yeah. Now, I expected Firefly Funhouse to come out. They had the same interaction. Lights go out, and Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, comes out behind him. But we've seen that before. Now with Bray Wyatt, I mean... Not recently. It's just we've seen the same shit with the fiend and the, uh, and this is more of the same shit. I'm like I expected more, and I got the same. I have to say, I feel like um, I keep forgetting that Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan is a thing. I feel like it's the whole well, the inv- title. I'm like, okay, I feel like the whole NXT invasion thing is just taking the spotlight and everything else being pushed aside, which I think they want. That's Maybe. The point. Maybe maybe that is the point. If that's if that's the point, then mission accomplished. But because you have Bray, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio, which I keep forgetting about that too. Which I don't think was featured at all this week on Raw. Not that I can remember. And then you have which surprises to me looking up the card itself because you guys didn't talk about it last week. You got Adam Cole baby going against the winner of a triple threat on Takeover, so he's defending his title on Survivor Series. Okay, I didn't know about that at all. Yeah, wow. I didn't know about that either, actually. So I think we just we're also focused on the invasion, which is working because NXT beat AW this week. Because we we love invasion. So let's yeah. face the facts. I heard somebody gave a review. And like, it, by the way, can we talk about SmackDown? How okay. cool the invasion was at the end. Oh wait, like, we we didn't talk about SmackDown at all. We talked about the new IC title. Oh God, yeah. But I, let me just touch on this point real fast. That whole invasion of Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog on on that fucking tank. What was not a tank, but you know what I'm talking about. The basically, yeah, yeah, almost like how Home was team. was it the same one from WCW? No, but it was it was close to it. It was Close to it, it was the same concept. There's no cannon. I don't no, that's right. There's no cannon, but it was just such a fucking cool concept. Cool moment. Cool concept. Yeah, I gotta say that that was just and it was great for Michael Cole to touch on that. Like, oh, this is it, Richmond, Virginia. They were, didn't get in there. But they're getting in here tonight. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh. Because I knew Triple H was involved. I knew Shawn Michaels was involved. They're bringing the road dog in. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. It was a fucking cool moment, That was man. cool, yeah. I marked out a bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't blame you. It was fantastic. And just like the, the whole, it's just everyone just getting yeah. into it. That's a cool way to end the show. That's, that's how you do a go-home. Great go-home show for Survivor Series. Yeah. But now they're kind of built themselves into a corner because they got to do this every year now. You can't not include NXT next year. Right. So NXT's got to be involved going forward. I mean, I don't know. They don't have to do anything. I mean, like yeah. Evolution, what was it last year, two years ago? The faction of the pay-per-view, because I'm wearing Evolution shirts. So the pay-per-view. We tell me Evolution. I'm thinking of... The pay-per-view did well and had but match of the year for sure on you it. You knew they didn't give a fuck about Evolution. They were just doing to appease the fans. Because all they cared about was... Whatever the fucking Saudi Arabia show was. Right. Coming up, November 1st was Saudi Arabia. Oh, by the way, October 30-something was Evolution. Yeah. Somebody talked about it last There year. is talks about them possibly bringing it back again. I mean, why not? They should. They should make that yeah. yearly thing. But I guess, going back to what I said, they don't have to do anything. I think they do, though. That was a great PR move. Right. But we'll see what happens. Anything else for TV before we move on to our three count this week? I uh, got nothing, man. Let's move on to the three count. It's time for the three count. All right, Mark. We are recording the show November 22nd, 2019. 
which is exactly 29 years to the day of their debut of The Undertaker. A moment showing my age, I remember very vividly. You're an old man. And I was only seven years old, but I'm like, who the fuck is this creepy motherfucker? <laughs> and I've talked about it on the show several times, and I was scared to death of The Undertaker as a kid, to the point where I had to go into my parents' bedroom when he came on TV. Really? I was such a pussy, yes. Wow, you really were a big Absolutely. pussy. Let me know when the, the uh, funeral parlor is done. I wonder what DeMarx was saying about that back then. <laughs> I would love to find out. But in honor of the Undertaker, and I would love to do this next year for his 30th anniversary, but like, why wait? Let's do it tonight. DeMarx is probably saying this guy won't last. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out at the Survivor Series when he, the first episode of the Broken Skull Ranch. Yeah. And, I would, and everyone's dying to see the Undertaker out of character. But our top personal Undertaker moments... Of all time, which is very hard to do. There's so many. This was a really hard one. So, Mark, take it away. All right. My number three, I have to go with Royal Rumble 1993. Undertaker, Yokozuna, the casket match. Undertaker got jumped at the end, thrown in the casket. And then you you see him like he has uh, almost like a resurrection inside the casket. 94. What? 94. It was 94? 94. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, it was 94. Fuck. My bad. No problem. So you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, yeah. He, he had that resurrection inside the casket, floating up in the air. Yes. Did you know that was Marty Jannetty, actually? That was floating up in the air? Um, I think I did. That you mentioned it, but I can't promise that. Yeah. But, dude, watching as a kid, I was like, holy fuck. He really is the dead man. Yeah. <laughs> what a great moment. Oh, man. It was such a cool moment. So, it's stuff that you don't really... Seeing professional wrestling, so uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that, the theatrics of it. One of my third moment was hard to nail down of all the great moments of the ministry and the corporate ministry. Because that's when I really started getting involved, not only wrestling, but the the online stuff and the backstage stuff and the creative stuff. Stephanie McMahon was awesome, but when he, he crucified Stone Cold Steve Austin, in that moment of him hanging and him just posing... During 1998 episode of Raw, I'm like, iconic moment that stuck in your head. I'm like, I, I could paint that picture if I had any artistic ability. Very iconic moment. Dude, I have to I say. Crucifying Stone Cold. I got to agree with you. That's actually my number two. Is uh, just, in general, Undertaker with the Ministry of Darkness. Oh, fantastic. It was just yeah. such a, a fucking cool uh, evolution to the character of Undertaker. Yeah. Dark, creepy, very fitting with actually the with that time frame too. Undertaker didn't need posse, no, but yet he got one and it worked so well. Yeah, oh my god, it just grew and grew in the way how he how he recruited these guys too, what they made them do, and yeah, that that image of him and Stone Cold uh, being pretty yeah. much crucified. That image is just iconic. Yeah, yeah, and what he did with Stephanie McMahon as well. That wasn't as iconic because they never raised her. She was propped up against the ropes and Stone Cold came out and saved her. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's cool. But also... But you see Stone Cold raised. Also, like, my favorite line from that was like when Stephanie McMahon is in like in, uh, was in the limo mm-hmm. and Undertaker is the one that's the driver. Where to, Stephanie? No, that was uh, Teddy Long. No. Did he do it twice? Yeah. Because I remember him doing it with Teddy Long. He was, where to, Stephanie? Fucking Undertaker. He was fucking great. And, of course, we had the iconic line from Vince McMahon there. Mm. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. The merge of the corporate ministry, yeah. 
Oh. And the music. The theme song was probably one of the best theme songs of all time. So my number three is your number two? Yeah. It's weird. What's your number two? Because my number two is your number three. Shut the fuck up. I told you just ahead of time that I was a big pussy and Judd Taker scared me to death. I had to walk away. Mm-hmm. Literally, I had to go to my parents' bedroom. This moment, when I watched the Roy Rumble 1994, my man Jeff Jarrett helping Yokozuna put Undertaker into this casket. All the heels got together. I yeah. think Michaels was in there, too. He was in that casket, yet all of a sudden we see inside the casket. Yeah. Then him raise out of the Titantron. I'm going to be embarrassed for him with this, but I don't care anymore. I was scared shitless. Literally, for months... I had to check the shower after I went to the bathroom. Shut the fuck up. I checked under my bed. I checked the closet before I went to my bedroom. I was scarred for life for Dude, that moment. You're scared shitless, and I'm in awe. I was in awe over that. No, I was scared. I was like, this to is the coolest fucker ever. Death. But I was a pussy. And now as an adult, I look back at that moment, I rewatch it. I'm like, that was so fucking cool. <laughs> it was cool. I'm like, why was I such a fucking bitch? But yeah, I mean, that's one of the moments. If you tell me The Undertaker, I'm like, that is the moment that not only scarred me for life, but as an adult, I'm like, that's fucking badass. Oh, my God. It, it, that was definitely an iconic moment for The Undertaker. Number one. Number one. I, I have to do it. Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. Really? That of match. all The Undertaker moments. That Just the match in general. Okay. Not 26. 25. 25. Why 25 over 26? Well, I'm a Shawn Michaels fan. He retired Shawn Michaels, so that's not really a great moment for me. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I'm the same way. Um, but that match, seriously, man, is probably the best match I ever saw in my life. The, uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, the first time WrestleMania. Really? The build was great, and the match was just even better. And it's rare you see something like that, actually, in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Usually, like, the build is phenomenal. The match itself is it's okay. Usually, build, remember the build more than the match, but this one, the match is fucking... Wow, I think I kind of, I borderline like have that match memorized. Really? Yeah. It's funny because I don't have that match memorized. I've only seen it once. Really? In person. Ten rows from ringside. Fuck off. Go to hell. Never speak to me again. I mean, <laughs> gladly. My number one, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. Are you serious? It's not only was it a great build, like you said, but it was a fantastic match. And all we heard about growing up, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, great match of all time. Now I've not yet, I've yet to watch that match. I'm sorry, what? Because I don't want to ruin what I've watched in person. Because in person, oh, for a second I thought you you didn't watch, you've never seen Savage for Steamboat. No, uh, okay. Michael's Undertaker. Okay, because I watched that in person, ten rows from ringside. I'm like that match was something special to be there in person. And watch it. I'm like, I don't want it to be ruined. It's not ruined. It's not ruined at all. I, it's not you, by the you, commentating, and I know it's going to only add to it. But the, like, the commentating was phenomenal. I've been close to ringside before, and matches are just wrestling matches, right? And it's the commentary that adds to it. It's the camera angles that add to it. Yeah, the stuff that I don't see when they're far side on the opposite end of the ring, I can't see what's going on. There are some. There are some like shots and visuals of the Undertaker's face and Shawn Michaels' face that are just iconic. And not only the mention. It is the Undertaker. He rose up from the ring. And Shawn Michaels, the heavenly god, yes. ascended from the heavens. Oh. I guess descended from the heavens. It was one of the greatest. Great storytelling. M- it was fantastic story. Great. And out of the get-go, 
And like so many times, you just think Shawn Michaels is going to do it. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels is going to do it. He's going to break the streak, and it makes sense. Like if anyone could do it, it's Shawn Absolutely. Michaels, Mister WrestleMania. And uh, yeah, I keep mind too. This I think this is actually the last match ever that we've seen Undertaker at his best. You know, leaping over the top rope, doing the dives. But he, what, was was it Manu? I think barely had to catch him, and he he fucked it up. Yeah, he fucked it. Up. Domino, Domino. Yeah, okay. yeah, Domino. Um. And Undertaker landed on his neck. That was the last time I think we ever seen him do the dive over the rope. And the following year, it was my 26, I was even closer. A lot of people say that was better than 25. Disagree. what was on the line. Disagree. But 25 was very special to me. And uh, obviously to you as well. And one of the other things I wanted to put on my list, talking about uh, honorable mentions, Triple H, Undertaker. The Hell in a Cell? That, no, that promo where they didn't speak a word. Oh, that was cool. That was one of the moments like, what the fuck's going on? None of them said a word. It happened like for 10 minutes too. That goes to show like the the power of both individuals yeah, that they yeah. have. It's just so many, it was hard to narrow this down to three. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I um at one point I was considering the Undertaker and Mankind when he threw him up from the cell, but that was more of a Mankind moment than an Undertaker Yeah, that moment. makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I was really thinking about that. I was also thinking too another classic moment when Paul Bearer turned on Undertaker mm-hmm. in the boiler room match. Yeah. There's so many. I there's just, there's just so many to choose from. Like, Let us know. Undertaker in- versus King Kong Bundy. Inbox. I'm messing. <laughs> Inbox Shadow Wrestling dot com. Dial up six one nine three four three three zero zero five or hit it up on our social medias. Shadow Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram, Shadow Wrestling, no A on Twitter. Let us know your favorite Undertaker moments. So many to choose from. But we agree on a number one. Actually, we agree on all three. We but agree on all one, three, yeah. yeah. That's very rare. First time it happened. Did we become best friends? I think so. Yeah, I tell him I'm BWF with you. Fucker. <sighs> <laughs> different story for a different day. <laughs> That's a couple weeks from now. But this week, the show is going to post Sunday night. We're going to probably post after Survivor Series. You guys failed to mention it on last week, but Survivor Series is happening. Well, Abel is running the show, not me. That's fine. I don't, I'm not playing You know me? When I, run, when I run the show, I run a tight ship. But we talked about this conversation at the bar last week on Thursday because we were hanging out as like bros for the first time. NXT has to pick up some big victories here. SmackDown has to pick up some big, big victories here because Raw always gets the big victories. Raw is no longer the A show here. Or does... Raw have something to prove too because apparently Raw is rebranded as a newer talent. Yeah, but like for the triple threat for the woman, Bailey has to win that match. Mm. Becky Shayna Shan- Baszler, I think, has to win that that match. She doesn't need to. She's well established. Bailey is not well established as a heel champion. I think Bailey needs to win this one. That match is actually the match I'm looking forward to the Me most. Too. I have to say. Everything else I don't really care about. Really? Brock Lesnar's gonna win. Right. The Fiend's gonna win. Adam Cole's going to win. What about the Survivor Series match itself? I like those matches. I've always been a fan of those matches. Okay, that's what I was saying. Like, uh, We don't know the full NXT men or the women's match. I mean, we know now the women's NXT team. But I don't feel like Raw... Raw's got to pick up a victory here. But It's going to be Charlotte. Charlotte's team. Really? Yeah. I feel like NXT's got to win this one. No. I feel like Seth Rollins got to win the, the Raw one. Hmm. Yeah, wait. You're making me backtrack here for a second. I think maybe Ray Ray Ripley beats Charlotte. Maybe it also goes to blow out the whole well-established theory that's been going on for the last 20 years. Go home shows 
whoever comes out on top loses. Right. So Ray Ripley came out on top. Does she lose here? But I think NXT, the way they're pushing NXT, NXT got to make a big performance here. But shout out to NXT, though. They, they got NXT Live, War Games, and then Survivor Series. They really need to book NXT strong if they want to continue winning this ratings war. And especially yeah, it's like, EW. Yeah, so they got to pick up victories. They got to win here. And by the way, not that ratings even fucking matter. They really don't anymore. Especially now that I watched NXT on the network the next fucking day. Right. Something still pet peeves me for some weird reason. Like, you know, we keep on harping on these fucking ratings. They just they really don't matter that much anymore, guys. It doesn't. Well, I think we talked about um, the bar. One of the things that's kind of tickled me, I don't get tickled that often, was uh, Nakamura saying how he's going against Strong Styles. Yes. I'm like, that's a fucking genius tweet. That's well done. And I think he has to win that match. Actually, that's going to be a great match, too. I think he has to win that one because he's the only one that has something to lose here. Hmm. Edgy can lose and won't affect him. Strong can lose, won't affect him. Nakamura is doing jack shit. This needs to propel him to something. I don't know because I feel like Vince McMahon just kind of just lost interest in Nakamura. But these other two guys have nothing to lose. I mean, he's got a new belt. Okay, I think he needs to win here. I, I don't necessarily know, man. I, I I don't know the answer to this. I, I, no one does. That's what I'm trying to debate here. But whatever. I mean, AJ Styles. Yeah, you're right. It's nothing to lose. No, no one really has nothing to lose here. I mean, it's not like titles on the fucking line. Yeah, but Nakamura's but, doing nothing. I think if he wins here, that propels him into some sort of storyline. Or if he, even if he, it depends how he loses. I mean, what, maybe Sami Zayn costs him a match. Maybe they get into a match. Maybe he has a face yeah, turn. I don't know. Last Survivor Series, I mean, we can go on and on about it, but by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be going to be over. So Yeah, so why, 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 are we, why are we debating? Any go-home thoughts? I'm tired. <laughs> it's 4 o'clock in the morning, right? I'm sorry, it's only 11 o'clock, right? We're partying the rest of the night? I hate you. So, for the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann, I've been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, happy Thanksgiving. We didn't talk about that at all. Putty, yep. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>